Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. Well, hello, church. Will you welcome everybody watching us with us online today? People from all over the place, people from Sofia to Sweden. Maybe, you don't know. Uh, we are glad that you're here. Go ahead and grab your Bible and go to Matthew chapter five because that's where we're gonna get in just a second. Because we've been leaning into this passage. If you haven't been with us, we are in the finale of a series that we've been calling Salt and Light. That looking into this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus goes up on this mountain one day, gathers all of those people that have chosen to follow him at that point, he sits among them and he just begins to teach. And if you read through the Sermon on the Mount that starts there around uh, Matthew 5 and goes into Matthew chapter 7, Jesus hits all kinds of subjects. He talks about so many things. It's just all over the place. But he opens up this sermon reminding us to calibrate our hearts a little bit because he says, the people that you think are blessed are not the people that are actually blessed. Remember that, those beatitudes? The people that you think are blessed, the people that your culture believe to be blessed, no, let me tell you who's really blessed, the poor in spirit, the merciful, the meek, the peacemakers, not the wealthy antagonist religious people. And then he moves into this passage in Matthew chapter five, starting with verse 13. Let's read it together. One more time today. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world, and a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That Jesus is taking these two of most common elements in our world and comparing them to the way that we're supposed to live when we live properly in relationship with him. He says, you're to be salt. He didn't say you were supposed to be salty. Some of us need to learn a difference. Like there's a level of salt, that salt is a good thing in the proper amount, as is light. That there is a certain way that we're supposed to live as people who claim to know Jesus. And however you phrase that, whether you call yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, if you claim Jesus as Lord and Savior, what is happening in your life makes your presence in this world your presence in your school, your presence in your home, your presence in your neighborhood, your presence in Walmart, even when there's one register open, that everywhere you go, because you know Jesus, you make that place better and brighter. That's what the church in the world is supposed to bring light and flavor, that's what salt does. Salt adds flavor to things to a certain point. Then there comes a certain point where you put a little bit too much 
and it just gets nasty. And some of us need to learn that balance and even light, there's a certain amount of light that's comforting and warm and helps God and there's a certain amount that's just overpowering. Like sometimes during worship when y'all freak out when the light hits you in the face. So true. That there's this way that we're supposed to live and we're supposed to be salt and light in a way that makes the world better and brighter. And we've just been leaning into that whole concept over the last few weeks, trying to really get to the root of what Jesus was trying to say to us. Because sometimes I wonder if the presence of the church in the community does the opposite of making it better and brighter. That we go from being bold to just plain abrasive. That we go from, from being bright to just blinding with the way that we live. And there's this way that God is calling us to live because it, we are the ones he's chosen, church. Come on. We are the ones that he's chosen for this time and this place and this generation to make him known. To let people know that there is a God who loves them, who died for them, who wants them to live within a certain way of his standard and expectations because it is for their good and his glory when we do. And the way that we're supposed to communicate that into this world, the way that we're supposed to leverage this commodity we've been given called influence matters to God. You have influence. I don't want influence. Too bad. You have it. You know how I know you have it? Because you're alive. And every encounter that you have with people is moving the spiritual needle of their lives. You're making them more curious about the Jesus that you claim or more curious why you claim Jesus because you live really weird. With every encounter, like his influence in a switch that you get to turn on and off. Every conversation is moving somebody either to being more curious about surrendering their lives to Jesus or more hard hearted towards that concept. And I want us to be a church full of people that use the influence that we've been given to make heaven more full, not Facebook more angry. That my life, your life, the way we live it is so much better and so much brighter that people are curious about the hope that we have. And to do that, we've been wrestling with some stuff Understanding that we can't cross that threshold from bold to abrasive, that we don't, it's not just enough to be right. We're called to be bright. It's not just enough to tell people the truth. We want people to surrender to it, amen? Because it is not a life that knows the truth that changes anything, it's a life surrendered to it. It's not how much scripture you can quote, it's how much scripture that you live that is the sign of spiritual maturity that honors God. And we've been wrestling that down to, all right, let's, let's live in that way. And that means we gotta make some hard decisions, some tough calls. We gotta step out of our comfort zone. We gotta be willing to seek out the very people that we're trying to weed out because of those are the people that Jesus would connect with. That if the lost are gonna be found, we have to engage and go and step into spaces that make us uncomfortable, that sometimes challenge us. That means we can't spend all of our days with people who look like us, talk like us, think like us. If we do, there's gonna be a generation that dies and misses heaven. That my job, your job, is to leverage the influence that you've been given to advance his kingdom. And you have a circle, and every single day, somebody's stepping into the circle of your influence. And are you living in a way that is better and brighter? 
Are you leveraging that influence not to just advance your agenda, to move your career forward, to achieve the goals that you have for your family, but to build the kingdom of God? And if we're gonna do that, when we leave these boxes every single weekend, we gotta go out there and the way scripture said is, shine like the stars. And this week I had planned to lean back into, kind of we had planned to do kind of two weeks inside, two weeks outside. In other words, there's an influence that we have outside the church to go and reach people for Jesus, but then there's an influence we have inside the church to help people grow and care for others, come on that whole city on the hill and a lamp in a house. But then something hit me this week and the message kinda took a different direction. Because I wonder if there's some people in the room that you're like, Matt, I get it. I'm supposed to be better and brighter. I know that I'm supposed to walk into the world that I exist in and shine. And it's not that I get caught up in the Facebook junk or that I, I don't like people or I'm not willing to engage. It's not that I'm, I'm closing myself off and I have no desire to leverage my influence. I want to shine, but life keeps shoving me in the shadows. I wanna be bright, but I keep having these experiences that keep blowing my bulbs. <laughs> I come out of church every Sunday and I'm fired up, and I'm excited, and I've worshiped, and I'm screamed, and I still don't understand why it's so loud, but I love it anyway, and I have all the intentions to do right and do well, but then for some reason, I just wake up on Sunday morning, and I can't shine because I'm just overwhelmed with sadness. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Come on now. I wanna shine. It's not that I don't have that desire, but Matt, how am I supposed to shine when life just keeps shoving me in the shadows? I wanna be bright, but everything around my soul just feels so dark. It's like I keep having these moments when it's just like somebody keeps ticking back the dimmer switch of my life because people keep dying and things keep going wrong and troubles keep coming and pain keeps happening. And how am I supposed to shine from here? Like Matt, how am I supposed to shine when I'm sitting in the shadow of death? Have you ever noticed that phrase littered throughout, especially the Old Testament? That verse that I read, Psalm 23, the version I read said, even though I walk through the darkest of valley, if you're like me, you grew up memorizing the King James, the Queen's English Bible. And in there it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Shadow of death is not a phrase used by a ton of people, but the person that uses it the most in scripture is a guy named Job. You ever heard of him? You don't read that a whole lot because it is depressing. Job was this guy who went through probably the hardest thing at least, I don't know, that I'll say it's the hardest thing that anybody ever went through in, in all of history, but a man who experienced great loss and pain and struggle and somehow held on to his faith. But there comes a moment, look with me, go to Job chapter three, where Job is in the lowest of the lows and he actually begins to pray that he was never born. Job three, verse one, says after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. 
And Job spoke and said, may the day perish on which I was born and the night in which it was said a male child is conceived. May the day be darkness. May God above not seek it nor the light shine upon it. May darkness and the shadow of death claim it. May a cloud settle on it. May the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, may darkness seize it. May it not rejoice among the days of the year. May it not come into the number of the months. Oh, may that night be barren. May no joyful shout come into it. May those Curse it who curse the day, those who are ready to arouse in Leviathan. May the stars of its night, of its morning be dark. May it look for light, but have none. May it not see the dawning of the day, because it, it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the room? That's a man in a dark place. And now I won't assume that there's anybody in the room necessarily in that spot, but I think there are some people that might be really close. Because it's felt like a lot of us over the last year, maybe more than any other year, in your life that, that it's just shoving you into the shadows. The shadow of death is, is that darkest place that a human soul can get. And there's people that have been in the sound of my voice throughout this entire series, and you're like, stop asking me to shine. Because I want to, but I don't feel like I can. Because life keeps shoving me into the shadows and I know you want me to shine and I know God's called me to shine but I just can't figure out how am I supposed to shine from the shadows? That the, the problem in you being better and bright is not a lack of desire. It's not a lack of understanding of that scripture. It's just life just keeps shoving Children. I know what you think. Matt, it's easy for you to say, oh, go shine like stars. You up there, your great life, your smoking hot wife and perfect kids. Half of that's true. The smoking hot wife, not the perfect kids. My kids aren't perfect, okay? That was a lot of judgment from y'all and I'm <laughs> offended by that. But you get what I'm saying, right? You see other people around and they're all shiny. And it just, it's not that you don't wanna be, you just can't figure out how. I get it. But here's the thing. If we're only bright when we feel like the sun is shining and don't learn how to be bright from the shadows, we will rarely be bright. Come on. Because I don't know about you, but saying a lot of life is spent trying to find a way to shine from the shadows. Somebody say amen. Let me know I'm real. Like life is hard and it's difficult and it's challenging. And we've got to find a way to shine even from the shadows. Even when life is shoving us into those spaces and even when it's challenging and even when it's difficult, what I want to submit to you is there, there is a way even to shine from the shadows. First of all, can I just remind you, the fact that there's a shadow means there's light somewhere. 
There, there is no shadow without a source of light. I'm a genius, I'm, I'm a scientist now, no I'm not. The fact there can't, a shadow is created by a source of light, but sometimes you're so in the shadow, you can't see the light, but just cause you can't see it don't mean it's not shining. And just that reality reminds us that we're gonna have to learn to find a way to shine from the shadows. And the cool thing about it is the people that brought us scripture are no strangers to this concept. Look at what Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians chapter four. I'm gonna read a lot of scripture today. I hope y'all came for the word of God, not the one preaching it anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse one. We've referenced this verse several times throughout this series, but I'm about to read 18 verses, so stay with me, okay? Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for, Christ, for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Then listen to this. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hallelujah. He says, look, I, I know that it's hard. I know that life is just seeming to fall apart all around you, but fix your eyes on Jesus because when you see the world through the lens of his love instead of the lens of your pain and pressure, things begin to look different. And even you now start seeing the shadow as just a shade where you can rest instead of a place you have to hide. (laughs) 
But what we're gonna have to do is redefine what it means to be shiny. Because see, we all have this image in our mind, like I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna be bright. This is bright. I love Jesus. And this is how we have to stay till we come back to church next Sunday, even though I don't feel like it. And even though I wanna punch her in the throat, I'm gonna keep smiling. But sometimes the shiniest thing you'll do is just get out of the bed. Just force yourself to get up and go. The shiniest thing you did today was just make yourself get up and step into that cruel world and keep choosing to live. Choosing to live is being bright because we know some people that decided that wasn't worth it anymore. Sometimes that's the shiniest thing you can do is just get up and face the issues that exist in your life. It's not shiny to pretend like they're not there. Let me tell you what's shiny, sincerity. There's nothing brighter than just authentically looking at people and say, yeah, I love Jesus and my life's hard right now. Yeah, I love Jesus, and I got questions. Yeah, I love Jesus, and I too can't wrap my mind around what's happening in the world today. I love Jesus, and yeah, I still have to work at my marriage too. Yeah, I love Jesus, and I still have some of the same problems that you have. There's nothing shinier than sincerity. And see, we've convinced ourselves that, oh, to be bright means I'm out and I'm bubbly and I'm shining and I got a cross around my neck and I'm wearing a Christian t-shirt and I'm doing all these things. And at some point, you just got to realize that shiny looks different from day to day. To fix your eyes on Jesus and keep moving forward. It's interesting, at Christmas, we did something called broken but bright, and I told you the world is broken, but it's also bright. Can I say that you're broken, but you're also bright? And the reason why we have the opportunity to be bright is because light has entered the world through a man named Jesus who was more than just a man. John chapter one. See, John would go through some really hard things. He would get shoved in the shadows from them trying to kill him to putting him on an island all by himself. And late in his life, he writes this gospel and he says, as he opens it, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made and without him, nothing was made that has been made, but in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It cannot overcome it. It will not overcome it. The reason why you can shine from the shadows is because he is shining in the shadows. You may not see it, you may not feel it, it may not look like it in the moment, but Jesus made it very clear that those who walk with him will never walk in complete darkness. That you can be bright 
because of who he is. And even in the darkest of shadows, you can still shine. A few weeks ago, went out one evening, let my dogs out just before bed, and I stood there on the sidewalk and looking up at the sky. It was one of those evenings where some rain and storms had come through in the clouds. You could still, even though it was dark, you could almost kind of see them moving a little bit. And it seemed like as I stood out there for a couple of minutes, the clouds began to move, and then boom, there was the moon. And it was like in an instant, a dark night all of a sudden lit up. And in that moment, I began to think, the moon always has to shine in the dark. And even in the darkest of nights, the moon can shine bright. Have you ever been out in a field, even though it's the middle of the night, and sit under a full moon? And watch how even though it's everything around it is dark, it's somehow illuminating the world around you. But do you also know what's true about the moon? It's dependent on the sun in order to shine. That it does not have a source of light of its own. It's dependent on the sun in order to shine. And you know how it, why it goes from a, a new moon to a partial moon all the way to a full moon is because it is fullest and brightest when it is in complete alignment with the sun. That when the moon is in right relationship to the sun, it even shines bright in the night. Maybe we're a little bit like the moon. That whether or not we'll shine bright in the shadows, whether or not we'll be able to shine even in the darkest night is dependent on our willingness to live in proper relationship with the sun. Come on, somebody. But where it breaks down like the moon, God's done all the work for us. And whether or not we're in a right relationship with the son is dependent on our decision to choose him, to live in relationship with him. See, there, there once stood something between us and him that hindered our ability to have a relationship and it was called sin. But Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the back of a barred donkey, only to land on a cross on Friday to pay the price necessary to remove the thing that stood between us and the relationship with him that we needed in order to shine. And when we put our hope and our faith and trust in that sacrifice, believing that my sin and your sin was dumped on him, and when he gave up his body and shed his blood, he paid the sacrifice necessary to remove that which stood in the way of us being able to see him clearly and reflect him properly. And so today we celebrate that. And we celebrate that with a meal that he gave us to remember it. So as you came in today, you should have got the elements, the body and blood of Jesus. So go ahead and get it ready. Don't start 
peeling it off just yet, hold on. If you're watching with us online, I hope you have the elements ready to partake as well. But I wanna remind you of the beauty and the power of what you hold in your hand. See, Jesus gave us this meal before he went to that cross and he told his first followers that, hey, this is the what you'll, you'll do to celebrate what I'm about to do. And I know you don't understand it right now as we're in this upper room because I, he hasn't gone to the cross yet, but this is, takes this cup. He says, this is my blood of a new covenant that I'm gonna make with my people that will be shed for the forgiveness of sins, which was necessary for the atonement and sacrifice. And this is my body, which I freely give so that you can have life. And he said, every time you gather, have this meal as a reminder of this sacrifice. So if you wanna be able to shine bright in the darkest of night, the first thing you have to do is understand what those elements represent. And God is very clear that we don't just take this meal haphazardly. That if you're ever gonna shine, you have to have a relationship with the Son. And that begins with making that decision, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord, accepting his sacrifice and letting him into your heart. And then living in right relationship with him. In just a minute, you're gonna peel off the top layer and that's the, the wafer representing the body, then the second layer, the blood, representing what he gave up for you. So I invite you now, in a special moment, Take and eat, remembering all that God has done for you. The body and blood of Jesus. Don't do it haphazardly, don't do it quickly, don't rush through this time. As you eat this meal, as you take these elements in, be reminded of all that they mean, all that they are for you, for your life. All that's made possible because of what Jesus has done. As we move through this week and we come here next week and we celebrate Easter, I'm reminded that, hey, we're called to be bright and there's a world that's watching and more and more people are open to just exploring Jesus over the next seven days than maybe any other time of the year. But I also know that there are people here, you feel that same weight. But here's the beauty of our God. He got shoved in the shadows too. Matter of fact, they tried to shove him in the darkest of shadows by putting in, a, in him a tomb and sealing it with a stone. But three days later, he walked out in victory, reminding us that no shadow can ever hold him down. So you wanna be bright? You gotta consistently live in right relationship with the sun. Jesus, as we bow before you today, as we take this special meal that you gave us, and as we walk through this week and prepare to celebrate you next week, God, there are so many people that are in the sound of my voice today that are living in the struggle of the shadow. God, everything in them wants to be bright, but everything around them just feels so dark. And God, I pray that today there's this moment when we realize that God, we can shine from the shadows because you're there too. Your word says that you won't leave us or forsake us, that your light is constant in our lives. And God, I pray that an awareness of that would come in. And like, just like the moon, God, we're dependent on you to shine. 
And God, we wanna live in that kind of intimacy with you, in right relationship with you so that we can be bright in the world that you've placed us. And so God, I pray that today that we would just lean in, soak you in, absorb all that you are, focus on you, look through the lens of your love and not through our current circumstance to see the world around us so that we can be bright, so that we can shine like the stars in whatever way that looks, in sincerity and authenticity, no matter what we're experiencing in this life. And God, today, for those people who are just caught in that shade, stuck in that shadow, God, give them something special. Speak into their lives. Let them know that you're near. That God, the, the boat might be rocking, but if you're in it, it will not sink. And all we have to do is just stay and not jump out. Just keep trusting you. Help us to trust you. And help us to let you in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Vintage Church app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.